Welcome to Acti Age, a podcast where two adults dive into young adult books in order to discuss how their appeal transcends age and other boundaries. My name is Tasia. And I'm Corinne. And today we are catching up and talking mostly just about our most recent obsessions because it's been a minute and we've been on a little temporary pod vacay. Yeah, a little summer, a little summer pod vacation. Uh, it's been nice, but weird. Well, not like really weird for us because we still talk about books all the time yeah. but without any sort of audience. And yeah, I guess it's more of us just like catching up with you guys. Yeah. Uh, eventually we will do a full like book deep dive again, but we're really just trying to like vibe with our reading this summer and read what is feeling right to us. And none of that is like really fits within the definition of this (laughs) podcast. Let's be real. You and I have both been on a very intense historical romance kick and it's (laughs) just not, it's, it's, it doesn't, yeah. Like you said, it doesn't vibe with our normal theme. So it doesn't. Yeah. So we just thought we would like come in here and do like a longer version of our top of the episode obsessions. Kind of you, you pointed out that this is like kind of going to be like our, year end thing although we're not gonna like declare favorites like we do then yeah but i was gonna talk about like what we're into these days should i start first with a couple of YA things i actually read because i did read (laughs) a few things well i was actually thinking we should start with maybe reading some uh emails and reviews we got oh my gosh you're right i forgot we got emails and reviews how exciting so do you want to do the review or the email and I'll do the other one? I will do a review. Okay. Um, so yeah, as we said previously, we got like some fun reviews. We would read them on the podcast. And so uh, we were really excited to get a review and now we're going to read it. This is from um, Abigail. Can we be friends is how the title <laughs> of this review goes. And I appreciate that. Yes, we can. Every time I finish a YA or even NA fantasy, I jump on a podcast app to see if they've done an episode about it. Feels like talking with your friends about your favorite books. The breakdowns of the book are so thoughtful, and I usually come away wanting to read it again. Love it. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you so much. We love love getting that. I know. I love getting these and then just kind of like squealing in excitement about it because as excited as you may be to like listen to our episodes, we are equally as excited to know that people are listening to our episodes. So Exactly. Yep. It's, it's super fun for sure. And then we got an email too. We did get an email and this one says, hi, Tasia and Corinne. First of all, I wanted to say how excited I am to find a podcast that gushes over all of my favorite books and has such lovable hosts. I found you after wallowing in my feelings after Mr. Impossible. Same. And Mm -hmm. I have been binging your episodes since I wanted to recommend a YA series or even just the first book for you. Both to read is one of my my favorite YA books. It is a fantasy series called An Ember in the Ashes. Um, Actually, we have, I've read that book. I don't know if you've read that one. I have not, no. Okay. So yeah, it is definitely, it's on our like ongoing list of potential future books to cover. And it is nice because that is a completed series at this point. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, they go on to recommend some other books and then they say, thank you so much for taking the time to read this. Can't wait to hear more from you both. And if you're in need of someone to scream into the void about gray war and on a future pod, you know where to find me. And that is from Carly. 
Carly, thank you so much Thanks, for emailing Carly. us. And uh, yeah, we definitely look forward to screaming and crying and wailing and rending garments over Grey Warren in the future. It's like literally what we did this weekend when Maggie like had the audacity to mm-hmm. post like one little thing about it. We spent a good half hour dissecting. It. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, every definitely time preparing for a big breakdown here of the book itself, but also a mental breakdown. It's probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when it comes to like the last book in the Raven Cycle universe, it's fine. We're fine. We're chill. Uh, but yeah, yeah totally thanks, normal. Thanks, Carly, for writing in. We love to hear from you. And if you listeners want your emails and or reviews read on the podcast, um, feel free to drop into our inbox or DMs or whatever, and yeah. let us know. We're around. We are, we are around. I'll, although allegedly, like I haven't been on my bookstagram, I realized in quite some time. I mean, I've like been there, but lurking. I haven't been very active, but I am there still. Corinne is allegedly around. <laughs> I am allegedly around. Listen, I'm taking like summer vacation to mean all of the things this year. Yeah. Taking we a break all from my phone. Have deserved it. Mm-hmm. Yes, taking a break from uh, intense deep dive episodes. <laughs> this podcast. And again, it's really vibes. nice to take that vibes. pressure off. Yeah, totally. It's been an intense couple of years. Yeah, it has. We've done a lot. I feel very mm-hmm. accomplished. Yeah, yeah, we should. Anyway, <laughs> as we sit here and pat ourselves on the back, I know. we're so great. We read so <laughs> many books. We really um, did. We really did. And I have read a lot since we've taken our break because it has been just like freeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read, I read a lot. I read a lot, like even as we were still like doing in- intense deep dives, but it was just a like, exciting to just kind of like I'm I'm learning I'm very much a mood reader and mm-hmm. so that's what makes sometimes doing the podcast a little harder is like oh my gosh homework what yeah exactly I think then this is like good like caveat that into those YA books I was going to talk about or a good dovetail into those books I was going to talk about because I have not really read much fantasy this year because we were reading Throne of Glass which is just an emotional journey and a Mm -hmm. laborious journey and I just didn't have the bandwidth to read other fantasy stories but I am feeling refreshed in that regard now and it's very exciting um so I'm back on my more usual like rotation of like romance and fantasy uh which is great so uh I read two things and I liked both of them and I've talked about both of their predecessor books I think on the podcast before the first was these twisted bonds by Lexi Ryan, which is the second book in the these hollow vowels do vows, not vowels. <laughs> these hollow. It's a very vowels. different book. <laughs> it's a very different book. Um, duology. It's a duology. It's two books. So this is the end of it. And uh, I think as as a refresher, I think we pointed this out in the podcast, but. Uh, myself, along with friend of the pod, Jesse, read this book and we're so obsessed with it. The first book, we mailed Tasia a copy because we're like, you need to read this and talk about it with us. And I had a lot of expectations for the second book. And Lexi Ryan, by way of background, is a romance writer. And I point that out because I felt like in particular, in particular, the second book, um, these twisted bonds, the world building was a little uh, tedious, I guess I'll say. Like a lot of characters just kind of like exposition bombing. And that's what a lot of like the first chunk of these twisted bonds was. And I was like, man, 
This a is lot of like, sitting down and long conversations. Yeah. About the happenings. Yeah. And so I was just like, wasn't super feeling it. And then like all the romance stuff really kicked into gear in the back half. And I was like obsessed and I can't stop reading my highlights. And I can totally see her origins like as, you know, a romance writer before this. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up loving it and was very happy with it. But it took me a little bit to get back into it. And that's when I was really thinking like, oh my God, my fancy brain is broken. Yeah. If I can't get into this. But I think there were just some issues there. Like it was enjoyable, but I was just kind of like, oh, this is so much information. It is a lot of info dumping. I am like, I think I'm like 73% into that book and I'm going to, I'm planning to finish it tonight, but I definitely feel um, everything that you're saying, like all of the the exposition stuff in in the first half or so is, it's a bit much. Yeah. And And it was not like that in the first book. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and who knows, it could also be part of like a symptom of that kind of fantasy fatigue Mm -hmm. that I'm not getting super interested in this until the romance started kicking up a lot. And I don't know if that's just, I mean, that might just, I might just be evolving into a different kind of reader, one that prioritizes romance now more than most other things. And that's, you know, that's all right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to then just move into talking about my next book then, because I thought maybe similarly to you. However, after reading these Twisted Bonds, I read The Blood Trader, which is the last book in the Prison Healer trilogy. And Lynette Noni is much more adept at laying out a fantasy world. And that book also has a lot of like new rules and characters and like kind of magical implications in it and was a much quicker easier read. Like that book was chonky Hmm. and I like tore through it. Um, so, you know, I I think these twisted about, I think she'll get there with fantasy. Like she is like, I loved the first book. I like inhaled it. And I think it was just like needed a little bit of tweaking. I was very excited for Lexi Ryan that she got the number one on the New York times bestseller list, uh, for these twisted bonds. Cause I I really did like this duology a lot. And I'm going to be thinking about, I won't spoil who one of the love interests for a long time. Because I really love him. So if you are a YA fantasy person who loves the romance element, a la like a Sarah J. Mask, go back and fish these hollow vows, these twisted bonds. So good. Ultimately, yeah. from the romance perspective. But no, Blood Trader was really uh surprised me because I have talked about the prison healer on this podcast, which I read and I like loved that book. And the second book in the series was just fine to me. Like it was good. But, like, I was very frustrated with the main character. I didn't really love it. I was immediately thrown back into Blood Trader. And this, like, found family in this series is so good. I loved all of the characters. I was so deeply invested. Again, I read this book at such an alarmingly fast clip. Um, And so, I, again, I bring that up to say, like, I think fantasy, when it like it is written really well, I can still read it, which was good to know. Um, yeah. But you really need to have like your characters and have it like kind of naturally flow in a way that um, Lynette Noni does look really well. Um, so I, I was so pleased with 99% of the book. And then something happens at the end that I won't spoil that really made me mad. And it's something that we've talked about on this podcast before, um, something that's happened in YA fantasy series before. This to me was my least favorite ever example of it. Ooh. And I love, like I said, because I love 99% of the book, I ended up still giving it five stars, 
but I'm always going to be like, oh, like really this thing happened. So, uh, I, I really just want someone else to, to read and talk about it with me. So you'll have to get there eventually, Tasia. Um, because I, I just, I, I have talked with people about it, but I'm still just, I keep thinking about the book generally and how much I liked it. And then I remember that moment and it makes me, yeah. But yeah. So overall, I, I still like a really good trilogy. I love some of the characters here and I, again, will be thinking about them for a long time too. And when this book really worked, it really worked for me. So that was just like a fun detour. Both those books back into YA fantasy for me. I enjoyed them. It was a good, a good run there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, anything else you have besides the one that we're probably going to share? Well, I have other things too, but I figured, do you want to talk about Glean? Cause we were yeah. Guild. Cause we read that too. Yeah. So um, at the at the insistence of front of the pod, Jesse, I started the um, KU series by Raven Kennedy. I'm sure most of you listening have heard about it from now. If you're even like a little bit on TikTok, like in, in the book sphere of TikTok um, or Bookstagram, but the Plated Prisoner series, um, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a King Midas retelling um Another fantasy series, actually, that I did get very pulled into. Um, it's kind of, I, I keep talking to, to people about it. It's kind of funny that it's not necessarily like the most, I don't know. It, it's it's not the most like in-depth thing. It's not the, the most well-written series I've ever read. It's not doing anything particularly uh, outstanding, but it is there's something so compulsively readable about it that you Mm -hmm. cannot put it down. Yeah. So even as I'm going, this is like more or less mediocre. I still like, am just eating it up. Yeah. Um, and so I got through the first, I literally read the first three books in a day each. Um, so I spent three days, three books. And then the last book I I have, I don't know. Did you ever finish the last book? I did not finish right? the last book not? yet. Okay. No. So I jumped on this train too, but then mm-hmm. I was feeling bogged down by book four and yes, not so, finished it yet. <laughs> so here's the problem with book four, because I also, I took like three weeks to read book four, which is wild considering how fast I blew through the first three. So while it is as a whole, um, compulsively readable, the fourth book, I feel like and there are theories out there that it has something to do with the fact that Kindle Unlimited pays you per page read. So the first three books um, are like between three and 400 pages. The final, the fourth book is not, it's not the final book, but the fourth book is like 700 pages. Mm. And so much of it is just superfluous. So much of it is just, I feel like I've never spent so much time spinning wheels mm-hmm. as I did in this fourth book. Like, it feels like there's a lot of words and nothing really being said, nothing really happening until, of course, like the very end. And even then, I by that by that point, I just didn't care anymore. I'm still going to, you know, continue the series when the fifth book comes out. And I am still like in some ways invested in it. But I just, I think maybe I just got really cynical about like the assumption that she wrote this book extremely long with nothing in it for the paycheck, which like, go get it. I, I totally understand, but yeah. 
I wish it didn't have to come at the expense of like the actual story because I do not like that I spent three weeks and 700 pages reading nothing. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I I did like massively enjoy this series for the first three books. You and I talked about it too, like, we have read books certainly that have a lot of like repetitive um, elements to them, particularly a court of silver flames with like. I was gonna say you're listening to a couple of like Sarah J. Mass fans, so it's yeah. not like we are opposed necessarily to yeah. reading a ton of pages where not a whole lot happens. But the problem with this, I think, is what you're leading to. Yeah, that it's just like I don't. I I've I enjoyed it, but not at the same level where I care about the characters to the mm-hmm. same extent. So like. I would read 500, I would read 700 plus pages and we did with Court of Silver Flames, however long it is, that chunk of a book. Yeah. But like, I would read Nuts and Cassian Train for forever um, because I care so much about them. But like, I don't necessarily feel that same way about the characters in Guild, which really just goes to, or in the Played Prisoner series, the first one of which is Guild. Um, I, what was really interesting about the first three books is they were kind of like nonstop like action Mm -hmm. and so when you look back and you're like oh wow that was actually what I was really connecting to versus like the characters and then it like grinds to a halt in book four you're like wow that said I will just you know tip my hat to Raven Kennedy because something that happens in Gleam is like one of the more (laughs) horrific and upsetting scenes that I've ever read (laughs) and like we are very emotional bitches on this show like things upset us all the time and this very much upset me. And you also have to set the stage of the fact that I had quite literally the worst sunburn of my life. And I was sitting at jury duty in so much pain reading this absolutely horrible thing. And I thought I was literally going to pass out. I do like, not the understand. The combo was too how, much for me. How you could read that in public and like keep your shit together. Because I read that at home. And I literally like, I wanted, cause I was reading it on my phone on the Kindle app. I wanted to smash my phone against the wall. I got up, I literally got up and started pacing around my living room. Just livid. I have never been so mad in my entire life at like a fictional character. At one point I was just like angrily eating chicken tenders. Cause I was like <laughs> trying to eat my dinner, but I was so mad that I was just like, it, yeah, I mean, well, I will say if I was home, I also would not have moved because my movement was very restricted. That's how much yeah. pain I was in. <laughs> but I totally agree. It was like, I just like, and I couldn't, I was, all I wanted to do was lay down about it. And I couldn't mm-hmm. because I was a jury duty. Um, So like the action and pacing in the first three books is really, really good. And I'm hoping I eventually finish book four and like come back around when she, because five is the last, going to be the last one. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was definitely entertaining. Um, but yeah, man, that just really got to me. Ooh, got chills just so upsetting. So upsetting. I think so I like audibly upsetting. gasped. Yeah. And maybe screamed a little. Yeah. No, didn't care. Didn't care. Yeah, for- I mean, yeah, it remains compulsively readable. Just the fourth book is God, so much wheel spitting. Yeah. So this much doing nothing. Sound like we didn't love any of these things we're talking about, but I actually like enjoyed all of these mm-hmm. things we're talking yeah, about here yeah. today. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be talking about it if if it didn't com- absolutely right. consume my mind for weeks. But that's why that's why we're not doing full episodes on these these yeah. bad boys because they all have asterisks mm-hmm. to them. Do you have anything else before like the big thing that's consuming us both? Or uh, yeah, I did want to mention the murder of Mister Wickham by Claudia huh. Gray. 
Um, I really enjoyed it. It is essentially, so Claudia Gray, I think she's most well known for writing um, a lot of Star Wars books or a few Star Mm. Wars books. Um, So it's kind of like her, her bread and butter is like playing in other sandboxes. And that's essentially what she does here in this book. It is more or less uh, Jane Austen uh, multiverse fan fiction. Mm. And I love that for it. It's basically like um, all of these main characters from all of Jane Austen's um, works are at a, um, a house party as, as they did back in those times uh, where it's like a month long that you're like mm-hmm. staying at somebody's giant manor. So they're all staying with um, Mr. and Mrs. Knightley. Mm. I wonder who and, they are. Yeah. And um, one of their guests... Um, <laughs> the titular Mr. Wickham is <laughs> is murdered by one mm. of those guests. What a and shame. So it is like an unraveling murder mystery. And it's really fun to kind of because there's like a timeline here, right? And it explains it in the beginning of the book where, you know, um Knightley and Emma have been together at this point for like a handful of years, like like 20 years, maybe. Um, or no, no, um, the uh Elizabeth Bennett and Darcy have been together for like 25 years or something. And they've got children and all this. And then like um, Mary, um, Marianne Brandon and Colonel Brandon have only been together for a few months. So you see like, there's all these couples, but like they're at at different stages in like Mm. their, their epilogue essentially. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then I think what's really smart about this book. So it's told in like POVs, you get like everybody's POV pretty much but it's mostly told like the murder mystery itself is being unraveled is being like solved by two new characters, which are mm-hmm. um, uh, Elizabeth and Darcy's son and oh. um, the daughter of God, who is it? Another couple of characters that actually aren't in this book. Um, oh, fun. So they, and it's kind of like them also maybe like falling in love. So Ooh. it's, it's just really fun. And I had, a, it was just like an, a nice, easy, moody read. That was like really fun to kind of see where, where these characters might have ended up and like what children they may have had and what really, how their that. relationships and what made it really good too, is that all of their relationships still have some sort of like conflict, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not, it's not like, Oh God, are they going to break up? It's not, it's just like, you know, marriage and yeah. family and yeah. interacting with other people. And it's just, I don't know. It's really fun to see all of them thrown together and solving a, a murder. I love that. That was super great. fun. Yeah. I love like when basically like uh, we get like fanfic turned to publish published mm-hmm. fiction the beautiful the beauty yeah, legitimize of the, that shit. um yeah exactly and the beauty of the what's it called common domain yeah was right? that what it's called sure when like you sounds, don't have the rights anymore after sounds legit. so long anyone that's why we public have domain? all these retellings mm-hmm. public domain yes okay. thank you common <laughs> domain yeah, you got where i was going with it you got where i was going with it um but no that sounds super fun i think i'll have an arc of that but another thing that I have um embraced as uh, not embracing my mood my mood reading self is yeah no deadlines for advanced copies of things couldn't mm-hmm. be me 
Cool. Yeah, I say that. And then every like couple of months, I'll jump onto NetGalley and be like, oops, how did I apply for like I know. <laughs> so 10 arcs? All of I know. Uh, I, yeah, I, again, we're just living life, guys. Summer 22. <laughs> we are but human. We are but human. Um, I have one other thing to talk about, uh, which is kind of related to something I gushed about quite a bit on this podcast, um, which was the uh, Game Changers series by Rachel Reed my hockey boys and how much I loved, love, love, loved like that entire series and still read my highlights way too often, um, of the series. But, um, I read two books by Katie Casey, um, instead of hockey boys, these are baseball boys and, uh, just did a really wonderful job for me in terms of scratching the itch of wanting more game changers content, but not getting it learned a lot about baseball in both of these books. Uh, same type of situation too, where it's like in the same universe. So like you're seeing a little bit of overlap between the two books. The second one, um, Fire Season, just came out like a couple weeks ago. So I'm hoping that there's going to be more in the in the world. The first one's called Unwritten Rules. Um, the first one involves catchers, like they're both catchers for the same fictional. MLB team. And then the second one is actually told like, if you put them in chronological order, book two would come first, but it's about, um, two pitchers on the same Oakland, Oakland team. It's from Oakland. Mm. Um, but I, these are probably a little bit more, I don't want to say substantive compared to the game changer series. Cause the game changer series does touch on a lot of like mental health stuff as well but like the first book in the series unwritten rules is only told from one of the characters povs and it's very much like his journey and like his struggles through baseball and like being closeted and um also being a jewish player like there's jewish representation in both these books which was really great to read um he also this same main character has hearing loss and um kind of like him going through it uh, in addition to a romance, the second one was much more traditional, like dual POV romance. But one of the characters in that book um, is an alcoholic who has been sober for a number of years and is trying to make his way back in back in the league. So just like really more um, just like intensive in how they hmm. these issues are like a really big part of it. But then also just like really hot and like tender romances, too. So if you too read the Game Changers series <laughs> and need some more sports boys in your life, uh, check those two out because I, I really like them both. Noted. Yeah. I mean, Shane and Ilya forever, really. I could, like they're the tops. But nothing can top mm-hmm. it. But again, sometimes you need something to fill the void. Um, yeah, fair enough. That I didn't mean that to be like. A sexual innuendo, but it was. So take it for what you will. <laughs> take it for what you will. I am who I am. Anyway. Is anything on this podcast not a sexual innuendo at no, this point? No, oh. there's not. So on that note, let's talk about some historical romance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, really, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So like, no joke, listeners. Don't know how many of you would like come along with us, but if Tasia and I could do like a Lisa Claypus read-along podcast... We would at this point, because that's like been our number one consuming thought for a long time. You say that literally my heart left. I was like, oh, 
Yes. <laughs> Give me an excuse to reread all these books. Yeah. Just my arm. Um, we're not going to do that for a number of reasons. Um, mainly because we don't want this like pure uh, source of joy and comfort in our lives to become homework. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it right now. So we both have read and completed a separate Lisa Clayva series since last we were here. I read The Hathaways. You finished The Ravenals. I finished The Ravenals and The Wallflowers. Oh, and The Wallflowers, yes. Yeah. So that's the three, The big. those are the big three Clayfoot mm-hmm. series. I'm yeah. excited to start The Hathaways. I've ordered them all on eBay and they should be here any day now. But um, we've talked a lot about what we, one of the things we love most about historical romance is like the interconnectedness of the series. Um from like one author, like Sarah McLean, all of her series, like, you know, they all exist in the same universe. They all have mm-hmm. connections, um, family connections, all of that. Um, and that's the best thing about the Ravenels slash Wallflowers slash Hathaways. Um, mm-hmm. Just being able to stay with a family for so long through generations yeah. and um, through extended families. It's I don't know. It's, it's one of the best kind of reading experiences I think you can have because like, who doesn't want to stay with those people that you love so much in some way, but still continue to have like new stories within the universe. Exactly. So like chronologically the wallflowers go first. I read the wallflowers earlier this year, but the, my first ever Claypus was devil in winter, which is book three of the uh, wallflowers series and it is kind of iconic for its love interest uh Mm -hmm. sebastian saint vincent as he's known in that series when he's still a viscount not yet a duke but i read that book first and then i went back and kind of went all out of order and then i was like oh no there's there's logic here and i need to go back um because what lisa does is she writes the wallflowers and then you get uh the hathaways and hathaways are a little more like by themselves they do have some interconnectedness with the wallflowers though um particularly you meet the the love interest um the male love interest in the first hathaway's book in the wallflower series and then the hathaway family is uh neighbors to uh marcus lord westcliff's estate he is one of the heroes of the wallflower series but then the ravenels are another separate family who ultimately start marrying in with the wallflowers next gen. Yeah. And that was the pure joy because <laughs> we sound absolutely batshit right now. Like no, picture, like, okay. picture the yarn wall. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to tie it in to this podcast and what our actual theme is. The experience of the last book that you and I just read, this book is called devil in disguise. It is book seven of the Ravenals, and it features very heavily um, children next generation of the wallflowers to, mm-hmm. to the wallflowers couples. And it felt to me like reading rule of wolves in terms of like this yes. huge crossover event mm-hmm. of like all these characters I've spent a lot of time with and love. And I was like such broken a good by it. I was yeah, so we both read it in tandem. Um, well, we were supposed to read it in tandem, and then I went out for trivia and came home, and Corinne was done. 
<laughs> sorry. Um, no, it was fine. Sorry. I actually, I actually appreciate that because that means that I don't have to worry about like, you know, cause I want to be really excited and immediately message you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are not like at the same place as I am or yeah. ahead of me, then I have to worry about right. like, Oh, can I say this yet? Um, so I actually appreciate that. Uh, I can always yeah. count on you to read ahead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible reading experience. Honestly, it felt like, and I said this, the same exact thing about rule of wolves is that it felt like a big series finale yeah. where you're getting cameos, you're getting, um, just everything that you want, like, like long, like deck, like in this universe, decades long kind of grudges that are being reconciled here. You're, oh, it's just <laughs> <laughs> well, and like it's also just, so just like a beautiful romance between your mm-hmm. two mains. So they're like the, the, like their parents past is like coming into play. Um, yeah. but also they're, they, they are still the stars of the book and it's just, she is like the gold standard for a reason. Her books are so good. And what's really great about like reading all of her series is that you really get a sense of how much things have developed and like how she has grown over mm-hmm. the years. Like, cause I've read some other stuff of hers from like even pre wallflowers and it's just like, whoa, um, like the structures are so different to like the, the, what a romance novel is, a historical romance novel is, has changed in the 30 plus years she's been writing and in the social re- politics. Yeah. Too. So it, like, and you see those come into effect in, right. in her books. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But like, uh, like just the most, like th- the heart and feeling that she can evoke in her romances. I don't, understand how she does it i think she i think at lisa clapis and emily henry mm-hmm. um i think the two of them write like the best romantic heroes mm. that i've ever read they write my favorite ones i think mm-hmm. for sure yeah um i cannot like i still cannot get over like west ravenel for example mm-hmm. i just my favorite um, romance book boyfriend of yeah. 2021. Yes. Yes. Um, she knows how to write a a flawed man in the sense that like he feels really real, but at the same time you get that like that thing that you kind of love about romance where it's like so unattainable. It's like yeah. so ridiculous. Like th- this kind of like perfection doesn't exist in a man. And that's why yeah. we like it so much is because it's total fantasy. But at the same, t- same time, both Lisa Clapis and Emily Henry write them in a way that makes them feel real. Like they don't really feel like fantastical creatures. They feel like real, but you know, they're not. So that, yes, that was a very um, generous way of describing West Ravenel, who really is um, an archetype that Sarah or that Lisa Clavis loves to write, which is a sad boy slut, and <laughs> which is like my kryptonite. Yeah, so, well, that's what's great about like Lisa Clavis too is like she writes kind of the same, again, the same archetypes kind of over and over again, but they're all different enough, and there's mm-hmm. something there for everyone. Like you and I both have a big affinity for Reese Winterborn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. of marrying Winterborn fame and Tom Severin of Chasing Cassandra. We've talked a lot about them recently. Those are both books in the Ravenel series, but a lot of people like don't love them necessarily compared to some of our other heroes because their partnerships end up being kind of like big brooding, tough men and like dainty ladies. Mm-hmm. And like she writes her books in such a way that I don't ever feel like 
they are monopolizing the woman in any way or that the woman doesn't or have she's any being control or power in any way. Correct. But a lot of people don't love, um, you know, that like physical size discrepancy type mm-hmm. thing. And um, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I get <laughs> at all. I would like lay on the ground and die if Reese Witherspoon yeah. walked into the room with a real person. But like, there are a few things better than like a giant stoic man that like absolutely worships the ground this woman walks on. It's just it's catnip. It's pure catnip. It's so good. And so she writes that really well, but then she writes like more traditional like aristocratic heroes really well and like Mm -hmm. closed off repressed heroes really well and it's just they're all closed off and repressed they're men in historical romance novels messy boy sluts yeah and west ravenals yeah there there he is i can't wait for you to meet leo hathaway i'm the blueprint for west ravenal um but anyway so it's just been like a total joy and i will say too like we talked about this before like if you're new to the genre like from Bridgerton, which is definitely how I got down this path. Like this is a great, particularly the Hathaway series is a great series to read because it's about a set of siblings. That's not necessarily the case for the wallflowers and the Ravenals, but it's, it's, a, but a different type of sibling set. It's a, um, like they're kind of down on their luck and there's one boy and four girls and the boy is like a hot mess disaster. Like, so the girls got to pick up the slack because they need to survive. And it's just like, it's a much more interesting, not interesting. I don't want to say it's a more interesting dynamic. I don't want to like pit trauma between these two family fictional families against each other. Cause they both like had loss in their lives and like reasons for who they are, but like the depth of the relationships you get with the Hathaway siblings compared to the Bridgertons is just like so much deeper and it just makes it super rewarding. And then you're also getting like ridiculous uh, romance too. It's just, oh, it's so good. Lisa, where are you? If anyone knows where Lisa Clavis is, please let us know. <laughs> please right call, in. Call the hotline. <laughs> call the hotline. <laughs> we have been very genuinely concerned <laughs> because she has been absent from social media for like a, over a year. Yeah. So like in February of 2021, she posted on Instagram cover reveal for devil in disguise which came out i think last july july 2021 but like she never promoted the book anymore beyond that and has not been anywhere to be found lisa <laughs> sos like twice if you're, if you're safe <laughs> i mean seriously I though um well. she owes us nothing but like yeah I'm, are you okay yeah, I'm like just genuinely at this point, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm just nosy. Um, but I am just kind of genuinely concerned. And a part of it is yeah, self- selfishly because well, yeah. And it's like I would, would like more. I would like more, but you also get concerned because like she's very prolific. Yeah. So when she's not being prolific, it's like it's like happening? red flag. Yeah. And it's like Tessa Dare, for instance, who's another historical romance author, has been very forthcoming about her health struggles and why she has not written um her planned next book yet and i'm not saying that again that lisa or tessa even owe us any sort of explanation like that but like it just makes you think like what's going on with her yeah yeah it makes me sad i hope everything's okay so yeah lisa claypas we love you (laughs) hope you're well just and, like uh, we'd send love us a thumbs soon. up. Yeah, that's just all, a little, all I want. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's what we've been into these days, guys. Um, we will read again, like we said, something for this podcast again. I think we have an idea of what it's going mm-hmm. to be, but we are not going to commit to it yet in yeah. case we change our minds. Cause again, vibes, that's what we're. Yeah. And that's how we get frustrated when we commit ourselves to something. And it turns out that it's a commitment. That's a little bit hard to keep. Yeah. Not the right time for us. Mm-hmm. So, but we think it'll be soon because this yeah. is fun and we missed it. Even though it felt like a little rusty. I'm not going to lie. We both had technical difficulties getting here today. <laughs> So we're doing <laughs> Forgot great. to press record. That's yeah. the thing well, that we haven't had know, to do in a while. Don't tell, every, <laughs> don't tell everyone the thing Listen, that I did I, wrong. I didn't say that it was you. I left it up for interpretation, but okay. you went and, and spilled, spilled well, the beans. So I guess Corinne forgot to press record. I did, but I caught it quickly because <laughs> there's been times when we had to go like way back. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least one of us is on top of it here today. Her name's Tasha because she <laughs> told me to hit record. So anyway, <laughs> friends, um, Tasia, in the meantime, again, while we are hiatusing, where can listeners connect with you online? You can find me on Instagram at Ragey Cakes. And I am allegedly on Instagram at <laughs> Rin underscore reads. You can find the podcast on Instagram at act age. You could shoot us another email. We'd love more emails at act pod at gmail.com. And please, as always rate and review us on Apple podcast or wherever you podcast. It's very helpful and also makes us smile when we hear from you. So it really does. We would love to hear from you again soon. Um, other than that, stay tuned. Keep an eye on your socials. Uh, we'll be back sooner rather than later. Bye. Bye.